Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. I'm Noor. Join me and my co-host, Cheryl Tay. Hi, I'm Cheryl. Every episode where we talk to you about balancing life and fitness and the pursuit of passion. This is brought to you by Purpose Performance Wear, World Championship winning kits for triathlon, cycling and running. Alright, hi, welcome again uh, to the next episode, to the second episode of uh, the Purpose Podcast. I'm Nor Aziz and with me I have... Hello, I'm Cheryl. Yes, so our guest uh, this week is uh, Arthur Tong, uh, founder of uh, Elevate uh, Performance uh, and he's also the head coach of uh, Elevate. If you don't know yet, Arthur is also the husband of our uh, Singapore uh, triathlete Elaine Young. Uh, I think she's a two-time qualifier. Yes, two-time qualifier of uh, the World Championship in Kona. Uh, awesome. So I, I think it must be really pressure for you to be a, a husband to such a high-performing athlete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so Arthur, uh, um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's Elevate about? Could you uh, explain a bit? Okay, so I, I set up Elevate uh, having had previous experience uh, helping Elaine uh, train up for her Ironman. And I realized a lot of challenges that we face training up for a sport, you know, as, uh, as long as, as, as demanding as, as an Ironman race require a lot of uh, precision and a lot of attention to performance, right? And especially as, a, as an age grouper who do a full-time job, it takes really, uh, you know, a lot of optimization mm. to, so that we can train uh, uh, smartly mm. and that is when we decided to explore further the different types of methods to to train and very quickly elevate became a coaching platform to help other people who, who face the same uh, struggles mm. to train for triathlons you know mm. to coach them and helping them reach their goals to racing a triathlon so basically elaine had to share a coach with everyone else pretty much <laughs> pretty much yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like correct. So she married she didn't just marry you. Yeah. She basically basically married the entire community. Yes. Pretty much. And it's always nice because I guess Elaine and I has always have always been very passionate about the community and mm. reaching out to the community, meeting new people, understanding like what are some of your challenges and giving some personal, you know, tips, uh, our own struggle that, that they can relate with. So, so it sounds like you're like almost like the power couple. I know there's a couple of uh, like Miranda Caffrey, yeah. you know, uh, the, you know, uh, two Timo times, Timo, yeah, with, uh, who's married and they are like power couples. And, yeah. But in most, most cases, I would say all cases, you know, the husband would give up and then become <laughs> like the coach. <laughs> like because they, they are pursuing what their, their yeah. wives want to do yeah. and obviously the wife is probably better at doing yeah. doing this than the husband is. I, I, Did you have to go through through that, yeah, that, that I, phase where... Yeah, I don't deny. Like, uh, like in my own personal pursuit of the sport, I don't think I've necessarily been personally talented in, in the sport of endurance. Right. I always came in the background of uh, a little bit more towards sprinting sports, mm. right? Uh, being a swimmer as my, my background. Uh, I just really looked up to all the people who are finishing the Ironman race and therefore I pursue it on my own. But what I really realized with my background in, in, in 
the army and I really took up the, uh, the, the joy of uh, coaching and helping somebody achieve that goal. So when, when Elaine crossed that finishing line or when my athletes crossed that finishing line, it's as good as I'm crossing that finishing line. Yeah, so yeah. that's 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 where I am. That's true. I think that's that's a the sign of a, a, a true partnership, right? I mean, yes. you are in, you are vested in her as much as she's vested in the sports as well. All right, other um, well, I I want to touch a bit about your your what the army. Uh, I I, I want to still talk about elevate because I think that's really interesting. But I think what's interesting to me really it's about you know what what uh, you mentioned just now about you being in the army. Could you? I'm, I'm, I just want to know how, how you, how you uh, balance, you know, your life. Because I know that you are obviously army, in the army, and then you're, you're training. Uh, you know, that's probably a 24-7 life. And then an officer on top of that. Uh, and then, of course, you are training, of course, as, an, as a triathlete. Uh, and then you have a third job, which is training a wife who's, even bet- who's an even better triathlete, right? How do you combine your time? Yeah, how, how, do, how do you manage that? That's, that's interesting. So I think at the beginning stage when we picked on the sport of triathlon, mm. there wasn't a lot of uh, clear models in terms of how to train. Neither was it uh, you know, uh, out there published for you to take reference from. Mm. And the, the sport is fairly new. So for Elaine and myself, we actually did spend you know, the first couple of years doing a lot of trial and error. And as we trialed and error, uh, we learned our lessons and we started to refine our, our training methods towards uh, racing triathlon. So, so that was one part of it. The other part about being in the army, which was good, is that uh, I, I'm from the infantry. Mm. And, you know, uh, being an infantry, uh, infantier, fitness is, is very, very important because you need to last long missions. Mm you know, in the field. So if you don't have the ability to sustain, you don't have the fitness and the endurance, you're not going to last. Mm. So that has always been the foundation of my, my role in the army as, a, as an infantry officer and leading my soldiers towards that. So Elaine became another soldier that, that I kind of led, just that in terms of, in terms of coaching her in, the, in, the, in, in, in soldiering skills, mm. I was coaching her in, in triathlon skills. But you know, once again, like because the two of us were actively participating in it, you know, we were sharing a lot of knowledge. We were going back and forth with the various styles of how to train. How how did you find the time though? I mean, obviously, I think you are you are. You, know, you say that you are an infantry. You are probably not nine to five, right? So you yeah. have to spend you know probably after hours as well at night. You know, yeah, we can how do duty. you? Yeah, weekend duties. How do you find the time to look at Elaine's? training plan and then say this is what you need to do and also and, and that on top of you know the other guys guys and people that you are you're managing how how how, how did you uh, you know balance that i guess at the initial stage obviously when working with elaine the saving grace is that elaine is a very disciplined athlete to begin with the su- her success is largely due to her fact that she is self motivated i think the key is that for anybody who wants to pursue the sport of ironman that motivation is an eccentric thing. It comes from inside out. Mm. You can't have somebody to tell you that you need to do a, an Ironman for you to pursue it. Mm. It comes from it comes from within. And because of that, it, it became very easy. So that relationship, I won't go as far as to say 
it was a coach-athlete relationship. Mm. It was very much a partnership and constantly um, trying to find out what is the best way to train, mm. right? Most people will open up a, a triathlon magazine or go onto the internet and look at the latest bike tech, you know, and the latest mm. equipment that they can, they can purchase to make them faster. Mm. For Elaine and myself, it has always been exploring about training methodology. We feel like that is the biggest gap we can fill to make us better in our sports. Oh, interesting. Um, now let's talk about Elevate, right? Because I think you, you, you mentioned about the training and the discipline and you know how triathletes do. And also let's talk about Elevate. Did you start Elevate thinking that you want to train triathletes or you know, who are the people that, you are, that you, 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 you are thinking of when you say, I think there's a space for Elevate and this is what I'm going to do because these are the people that I would think you know, would be my audience and who would actually benefit from what I want to do with Elevate. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, while I was still in the force, a big part of my life uh, had to do with interaction with people. Mm. Yeah, so I always like engaging people and, and, and imparting my skills and knowledge and finding out, you know, how, you know, is the, what would be the best way for them to train so that they can improve and be the best version of, of themselves. And then with Elaine and myself being in the sport of triathlon for a couple of years, mm. it, it was quite a natural progression that I wanted to create a, a, a business, you know, something I've always wanted to start off with uh, that involves sports, the sport of triathlon, and to be able to help people, mm. right? And people in the community and merge those two to, together. Mm. So yes, uh, Elevate was born out of my personal passion to interact with people and to help people uh, pursue their, their goal mm. in, in the sport of triathlon. Yeah. Did, did it scare you though? I mean, like to move from like such a, you know, I would say a, a safe environment in the army, you know, you know, you're well, you're taken care of, <clears throat> you know, you can set times and you know, you're you are in that rhythm and in that mode where you are helping others as well as you are also helping yourself and your partner excel. And then suddenly you are you are you are thinking to yourself, I want to do something else. You know, so it's it's a totally I would say it's a totally sh different shift, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I it was it was frightening because especially if thirteen years of my life, you know, in my <laughs> career, mm. all I knew was being in the force. Making that transition was, was a fairly big leap. But uh, I'm very lucky that uh, I have Elaine, of all people, as my wife, mm. who shares the same passion in the sport as I do. Mm. And she sees my potential in, in coaching. Mm. So that, that created that, that confidence in me. And not only that, uh, I also have to say that 13 years in the force uh, wasn't a waste. There was a lot of uh, inculcating, you know, certain, you know, uh, discipline and 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 uh, confidence to pursue something, and mm -hmm. that is ingrained in all of us. And I really leverage on that confidence to 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 pursue this business of mine and and make that transition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but interesting that you say that. So, like, what are some of the parallels, like, you know, being the army and being a coach now? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, discipline is definitely one, right? Uh, in the army, uh, as an infantry, uh, infantier, uh, 
you know, you wake up early, you get your workout routine done, mm. you are very disciplined to, to your schedule to make sure those mm. are done. Uh, in the army, as an officer, I have subordinates under me, right? And to lead them well, uh, you need to exercise a variety of leadership styles, right? Uh, because every one of your subordinates is, is different. And that's a parallel with coaching as well because, you know, you have athletes of all types. Uh, not just in terms of their sporting ability, but in terms of their characteristics as well. So that's, that's where I transfer a lot of the knowledge and skills that I had developed and learned from the army into coaching. Mm. And, a lot of, and beyond that is also, you know, the, uh, the need to, to excel. Right? As an mm. officer, we, we always want to, to excel. Mm. And, and do our best in, every, in, in everything we do, right? So with coaching and especially in the sport of triathlon, everybody is always, you know, hunting for, you know, to, to, to achieve something, to better themselves, better their timing, achieve a, a personal best, qualify for a particular race. And mm. in the army, it's the same thing. Like how do you facilitate your people to reaching that goal? Yeah. Um. Uh, well, we had a chat just now, and you said that Elevate mostly does its coaching, you know, in, on on virtually, right? So on our training plans and all. Is that difficult to do? Because you know, with the army, you are teaching people people who are present, you know. So yeah. you know, they are there, and then they listen to you, and you know that they are doing it. Yeah. Versus, you know, virtually, you have students who you give them a plan, and then you don't know what they do for the next one week or a few days, yeah. and then you know, uh, it, it it gets. I would imagine that the variables to do this are actually harder than in the army because you know you are you are you know teaching people who are probably not even in your eyesight, right? So how, how do you how do you do that? I, I will go. I, I will still. I will first start off by saying that uh, training athletes virtually is uh, is a tool. It's it's one of the platforms that I use, but it's not all encompassing. In fact. When I go online to coach, uh, I have the athlete on the opposite side where I need to spend a lot of time understanding their needs, right? Uh, what are their weaknesses? What do we need to work on? So there is actually a lot of interaction on that part before I, I optimize their training plan and deliver it through the online, online platform. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So yes, uh, online coaching, they get their training plans uh, virtually. Mm. But more, what's more important to know is that that human-to-human -human interaction still exists mm. and is a very, very important part of, of, the, of the coaching relationship because you need to understand that person as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay, something I'm very interested to know now. How did you get to know Cheryl? Was she a student of yours or...? A good question. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. How did you guys get to know? <laughs> because everybody knows Cheryl, yes. right? but I just, I'm just very interested to find out, like, how do... I think I joined one of your Trinity long run or something. Probably. Like, y'all were training yeah. for Rob, yeah. and then I was training for Rakawi. I, I think in, in, in our... But I already knew who you were, like, yeah, because yeah. of the Yeah, in our triathlon community, it's not very big. Like, very often, we'll run, run into each other, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I, yeah I think that, yeah, I think it, I joined... Them, they used before I even used to run uh, uh, something called Trinity. Like it's more like a group of friends 
Jeremy yeah. Clinton actually and he just trained together and he just decided to give the clip a name now. so it was not a service like it, like what yeah. I'm doing now so I joined them like you know you need company and all these like super long yeah. rides so yeah. and yes 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 I think my first ever like RPI with you guys I remember it and that yes, was yes yes I've never done anything more that was what three years ago four four years ago I know you 2018 three years ago about two years ago June May June exactly yeah. oh it's yeah. interesting two years ago yeah, two years ago. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, as you were talking, I'm saying, how did you guys get to know? I mean, I'm just interested, right? So, you know, it's a small world. I think especially in uh, Singapore where, you know, it's... Uh, and then it always starts with, you know, two people wanting to do something yeah. and then it just becomes bigger, 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 bigger. And then, you know, it became more serious. Same, same as... Yeah. as that's, good. that's good. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then I interviewed him several times after that. That's for right. like, different articles and all his shirt off. Wow, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, um, okay. Talking about, you know, shirts off and, you know, teaching people and all, right? So, I mean, I would, I would imagine that, you know, your students have learned a lot from from you, I mean, it's I a it's so. a it's a fair it's a I fair assumption. So. <laughs> yeah, you asked your shadow. Did you learn a lot from him? Okay, maybe I'll, okay. I'll I'll, I'll I'll follow up with you on a swimming lesson because I think swimming is my weakest. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I I always attribute it to being Malay and like just, just not good in the water. <laughs> I'm good in the river, but not good in the pool. Right. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah. So back to this, where I'm, I would assume that your students would have learned a lot from them. But if I were to just flip the coin and then say, what did you learn from your students? Because I'm sure, you know, it's, you know, they they picked up a lot. I'm sure they've progressed, you know, being a better sports person or better triathlete. On the other flip side, you know. What have you learned? What I mean, what's the experience? Yeah, absolutely. Like, as a coach, I always believe that you never know it all. Because the minute you feel like you know it all, you will <laughs> stop growing. Yeah. Mm. And on top of that, you don't know the one perfect coaching methodology for all athletes. So what happens is that as I coach more and more people, I start to become more hungry to, to, to know more. And I am I, always challenged to find out what is the best way to, to teach an individual. So what I've learned from a lot of my athletes is that I constantly need to expand my, my knowledge. I constantly need to hone my skills. I'll give you an example. I coach athletes from, you know, from a 66-year-old athlete who is trying for her first half Ironman. Mm to you know, people like Elaine who qualifies for Kona, how do we even get her to be even faster, to a bunch of, people, to a bunch of outstanding athletes who qualify for half Ironman World Championships, <clears throat> all the way to uh, toddlers, to special needs uh, children. So I, I, I have a wide spectrum of athletes under me. And, and what, I what I realized is that as I, I coach a wide spectrum of athletes, I need to equip myself with a wide spectrum of coaching style, methods, mm. you know, the, our, my coaching cues, etc. So what I definitely learned is that I need to constantly grow and evolve my coaching style. Yeah. Did, it, did it ever frustrate you that you maybe have like a student or maybe a couple of students who probably, you know, as much as, as hard as you try, just seems to have the same statistics and same number week on, week off? 
you know, does, does it ever frustrate you or, you know, what did you ever try to find, you know, different methods yeah. of trying to make them improve? Because, you know, sometimes, yeah. I, I, I mean, I train myself and, and I know sometimes, you know, doing too much of repetitive things while not improving is not good, right? Yeah. So you need to find ways where it's going it's to be optimal to yeah. what your training uh, method is. So have you ever had to have to face that situation where you are teaching me swimming? Like I said, there's no, and, I, and my swim timing is just as bad yeah. six months on <laughs> as it is now. Yeah. Uh, does it ever frustrate you? I think I will answer this question by first saying that I think everybody has a very different progression curve. Mm. Some people progress a lot slower. Some people might get very fast initial gain. So that's the first part. And then also, the second part is that I will go as far to say that uh, based on what I said previously, I truly believe that coaching is, is not just an art, but also a science as well. You know, the art of coaching, you know, your soft skills, etc. But the science of coaching is using a lot of evidence-based uh, coaching methods. The, the nerd in him is talking. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm a big nerd. Yeah. So what I find is that having used uh, methods mm. that has uh, been, uh, you know, practiced, mm. uh, proven to a certain extent, tends to have its success when being applied to to to, to my athletes. Mm. I'm not saying I'm not going to say that. Oh, I'm taking a professional athlete's uh, uh, training plan. Mm. water it down and apply it to my athlete it's not really that just that mm. conceptually if they are able to apply that mm. uh, I tend to see a really good progression amongst all my athletes so far yeah okay yeah and then uh, oh yeah just now you mentioned about you know taking a professional athlete training plan and then you know take cascading it down to the normal athletes yeah. have you done that with uh, say Elaine's training plan and then you say oh this works for Elaine I'll try it out or I'll test it out with a couple of these athletes and then see whether it works or not. Have yeah. you tried, have you, you know, it, it's a test and try, test and uh, trial and error as well, as a, especially as a coach. Yeah. You keep on testing new methods, right? Yeah. So have you tested that? You're right. Like, so uh, we have studied and I have studied a lot of, you know, professional athletes, uh, mm. training workouts. Mm. You know, I, I will go into, you know, Lucy Charles' uh, Zwift workout because I follow her and literally break down her, her training sets to see how many minutes she was at wow. you know how many hundred percent of her yeah. threshold power etc and then convert it to something that we can do mm. it is possible based on the workout but holistically speaking the routine that a professional athlete does mm. is very very different from yeah. what an age grouper will do and obviously i i coach majority age grouper and mm. i would say 90 over percent of us are age groupers anyway. We don't do this yeah. as a full-time job. Even if you take a professional athlete's training plan, water it down and try to apply it to any one of us, I think very quickly you just realize that it is not sustainable. Mm. Because of the frequency of training, the load that they are doing, it's just too much. It is yeah. even even when if even if you are very, very young or you're a very seasoned athlete, it's mm. just a very, very different pace. Yeah. Yeah. So have I tried it? Uh, I guess to a certain extent, a little bit, but my 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 learning lesson that is that it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The routine is very different as well. So it's individual actually. You actually work on. You have to work on an individual. Absolutely. Basis. And every individual is so different. 
Yeah, it's so different. Our, like you said, like our recovery rates, your workload, you know, travel. Mm. I mean, yeah. now no travel, but mm. if you have to travel for work, it's a lot of things to take account. Your Absolutely. age, your yeah. background, you know, you're younger, you use the swimming background, you swim faster now. That's right, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. what the coach is for, like, to go and take into consideration all these things. You're not that's just right. like pulling out something on the head, like, not going to Absolutely. Mm. And on that note, it's, that, that's why there's a lot of needs analysis that needs to be done to identify what this athlete uh, needs to train first or mm. needs to prioritize first, mm. right? So if a particular athlete, yes, is, swimmer, is, is weaker in the swim, mm. then once again, that, that scale of training will, will tip over to the, a little bit more towards the swim. They need to pay more mm. attention to the swim, mm. right? For, for the example. And it also really depends, right? Sometimes you go like, oh, you can train a younger athlete more, but... It's not necessarily true as well. You can have a master athlete in the 40s and 50s, but because of you know having years of practice triathlon, they are well seasoned, they are well adapted to the stimulus. Technically, I can train that 50-year-old athlete harder than a newbie athlete yeah. in his early 20s. You might go like, oh, but he's young. But no, actually the 50-year-old. Exactly. The 50-year-old can actually take way more load. So once again, it really depends. Yeah. Yeah. So that's from the coaching standpoint, it's like you need to understand and really know how this athlete is going to be dealing with training and then develop something that's customized to them. Yeah. I want to ask, uh, so all said and done, right? If there's, what is one philosophy that you try to stick to in life? In, I mean, oh, in life. life. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've talked so much about triathlon, training, mm. sports, performance, but I want to know like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he does a lot. He does um, um like special needs kid running yeah, hour. Yeah. You know, he yeah. half. I think the whole lockdown, you were volunteering the kitchen. Yeah, right? it's it's yeah, it's a it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so I'm I'm sure yeah, it's a good question. So it's like you know, you are you were in the army. Uh, I mean, you are obviously a, a swimmer. So yeah. you you got discipline from young, and then you went on into the army. You know, all throughout your life, you've been practicing discipline and all. So, of all people, you probably would have like a life's uh, mantra or philosophy, yeah. right? So, is is what what would what can can you share what 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 would that what be? I I think I will put my finger towards uh, being able to give back. Mm. Uh, for me, you know, the like what you mentioned, going for volunteering, even starting out, elevate. Or even, you know, 13 years back when I joined the army, it all connects back to me being able to, to give back, you know? Mm. you know. Joining the army, the purpose was I want to serve my nation, right? Mm. And in my capacity as a soldier for the defense of the nation. When I started out Elevate, same thing. I want to give back to people who are pursuing the sport of triathlon and giving my, my, my experience and now my professional training. You know, I'm able to, to help people pursue their goal. And, you know, during this whole COVID, be it off COVID, my volunteer work with special needs group, with a soup kitchen, etc. is also to give back to, to, to people. And what I, what I realize is that the more I do that, the more I gain. Because when you do that, as much as you think that, oh, I am cooking a meal for the needy, mm. Or I am I am changing the the lives of a of a special needs kid who had ne who has never raised a triathlon before. You know, uh, you know. Last year we raised triathlon with a couple of uh, special needs uh, athlete. Yeah. 
visually impaired and we took them through the whole triathlon course as part of Singapore triathlon. What you realize at the end for me is that I get it all back. I get all the energy back, you know, and it's, down, it's back to my own happiness. And it's this cycle, you know, and I want to give back more, you know. That's, that's how it keeps me uh, waking up every morning and just wanting to keep pursuing what I'm doing now. Oh, interesting, good. So, I mean, you mentioned about you know, the Singapore triathlon and you know, training all these things. Would you do the same? Would you do it again? If uh, obviously when it starts opening up and you know when when, yeah. when the more the races are coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I think right now with my own personal pursuit of races, that has kind of taken a backseat. I'm a little bit more uh, invested in my athletes' ability to perform at their best. I think for me to be racing a particular event is more so to keep myself in check, mm. you know, and also to, to make sure that I am uh, up to date with the, the current races, mm. you know, mm. and be well-versed in uh, what is the new changes and the demands of a race, keep myself still uh, in line with the demands of the race so that I can coach my athlete uh, mm. at the best of their ability. Yeah. Whether it is to pursue a new personal best, etc. Uh, not so much at the current front. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely still going for some of those races. At least at least seeing the successes of others. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. gives you some sort of a fulfillment because exactly. you know you've been a part of it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, it's also important, like say some of the regional races. Mm. I, I would say that, oh, oh, I have been to this particular race at this particular country. Mm. When an athlete signs up with me and go like, hey coach, mm. I'm interested in uh, trying out this, this particular Ironman race, etc. I'll be better at advising them, okay, this is mm. unique to this race. This is something you want to pay attention to. Yeah. Mm. Okay, um, just moving on to the last part. I think we're going to wrap this up very soon. Uh, just to get some tips, you know, uh, from you. If you are self-coached, you know, like you do your own training plan, I'm sure you see a lot of people they see this as a hobby, they don't see a need to invest in paying for a coach, for example, right? How do they know um, if their training plan optimized and why would they benefit from having a coach? Right. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good question. I would like to know because yeah. at this moment, I'm self-coaching. Why it will benefit them to, to find like a coach? Yeah. is how do I know whether my plan is optimized like for me, I just pull out, right? The yeah. internet say do, I do, or the internet say this, yeah. the book say this, I do. But how do I know that I'm not throwing junk mouth out? Yeah. You know? And then after that, like, like because from there, what are the disadvantages or advantages? And then why is it the next part is, why is it right. beneficial to have a coach or someone to come okay. to your training? I think I'll answer that question, like both questions kind of together. Okay. Right? Okay. I, I think having a coach allows, you know, the training process and the training plan development to be a lot more objective mm. and you really try to stay to plan you know as far as possible you know if you are going to be self-coached uh, I think it's very important that you first evaluate whether you can be objective with yourself <laughs> mm. Mm. when you train yourself I find most athletes we are talking about triathlon it is a multi-sport event you have things like strength and conditioning to think about on top of the swim bike run you need you have your nutrition to think about, you need to think about race strategy. So there's a lot of element at play. And what happens is just talking about training alone, most athletes who are self-coached, what I find, and I don't know whether you guys agree, is that 
you typically want to, like to do and train the sport that you do best. Yeah, of course. That's the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. most enjoyable. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You see, my, that's yeah. the other one. I, I, I was keep swimming and I will just go running because I just love running. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. People who enjoy cycling would love to hit the mileage on, on the bike. And for yeah. me, I'm the reverse. I enjoy the swim. I would spend all day long in the yeah. pool and I hate running because it's so load-bearing. Yeah. Now, so, so if you want to self-coach, the first question to ask is whether you can be objective with yourself and whether you... Uh, you can develop something that is going to help you improve and move forward rather than just constantly training on, on the sport that you are good at. So that's the first part. And then secondly is also <clears throat> really understanding, you know, for me, I, when, when I explain to my athletes is that when you come look for me as a coach, you come with me with a goal in mind. And it could be anything, weight loss, mm-hmm. but very often the goal is coach, I want to raise this particular Ironman, say for example, mm. and it is at this country and on this day. For me, I'm kind of like a teacher, I'm like a mentor, I'm like a guide. And what I guide you through is that I know the exam that you're going to be taking. It's like taking an exam. I know the exam you're going to take. Mm. I know when the exam is. I know how much time that, lead, that we can train to lead up to the exam. And more importantly, I self-evaluate and I know my current level, my current competency is here now. Mm. If you can do that for yourself, yes, then you can design something that is going to get you towards your goal. Otherwise, it can be quite challenging because very often I see athletes who goes like, I want to raise a half Ironman, but they fail to self-evaluate and go like, okay, actually my swim or my bike or whatever is not really up to par. And with this amount of lead time, be it three months, six months or whatever, actually, it's still very challenging. I maybe want to take on a smaller race first and develop a much, you know, more gradual approach towards that. So that's another second question. If you are a self-coach, you want to ask, especially for a newbie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so just one last question um, before we start. I just want to ask, like, why do we even need a proper plan if... Um, if you just want to complete a race, like I'm not a professional, so why do I even need to? Wow, go so much detail and what strength? Like, why do I even need a plan? Okay, I think having a base plan is always the the first step to helping you reach your goal, right? Mm-hmm. Having a coach to guide you through is always helpful. But those of you who are self coach, having a plan is is just as important. Mm-hmm. Now, having a plan, right? At the end of the day. Uh, helps you uh, be objective with your training goals, mm. right? Especially with the sport of triathlon. It's, it's quite a complicated sport, especially for those of us who are newer. Mm. Like I mentioned before, there's a swim, there's a bike, there's a run, mm. and then there's some strength and conditioning that you need to do to really supplement a good execution of your swim, bike, and run. They have your nutrition to think about, so on and so forth. Having that a well-designed uh, a training plan uh, really, um, let's see, okay, I need to, let, let, me, let me think about this portion of it just now, I just slipped my mind, is we are all age groupers, right? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> because we're not professional athletes, a lot of us, uh, you know, we have full-time jobs, we have family, you know, when we come home, a lot of us need to cook for the kids, mm. 
bring the kids to the school, we have our job to answer to, calls to pick up, and then of all the things, we still have to train up for our triathlon. Mm. Having that training plan really zeroes down to exactly what you need to do so you can spend more time, to be honest, on the more important things. Mm. When it comes to training, my athletes, I always tell them, yes, we have picked up a sport that is very, very demanding, but it should not be the center of your life. Your center of your life still revolves around your, your family, your children, your life, mm. you know, your work, etc. You want to make sure that those goes well before you put triathlon around it. Because at the end of the day, it is a sport. It is a hobby. And a lot of us take that hobby very, very seriously. Having that training plan will, keep, will help keep everything balanced. So without that training plan, unless you are very clear of what you need to do, very often you find athletes maybe spend too much time on the weekends out there riding and you know and and, and fail to balance mm. some of that that work life triathlon yeah so having a training plan is is effective yeah okay good yeah okay. right okay so thanks Arthur. i mean it's it's amazing i think i've i've it's so interesting to see or to hear you talking about you know your experience in a in the army and then how that moved on into elevate and most importantly is that you know because i i believe in you know i'm a, I, also have, I also have a passion for learning so also in terms of how you picked up and learned from your student as much as your your students learn learn from you thanks so much for uh, you know becoming our guest thanks uh, for having me yeah thank you so much and then uh, it's it's great talking to you we'll keep in touch some more absolutely yeah i'm sure we'll see each other out there somewhere <laughs> in, in the long right <laughs> All right, okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Remember to follow the Purpose Podcast for your weekly dose of inspiration. See you on the next episode.